Hello and welcome back to The Andrew Haynes Show. In today's episode, we had the pleasure of having on Christopher Keene, the current CEO of the Oahu League, the largest youth soccer league in the Hawaiian Islands. Chris started his career in sports when he was a teenager, when he bought a soccer team so he could play professionally with his friends. Throughout his career, he has held several positions for an array of soccer teams and leagues, ranging from coach to manager, and most recently, CEO. Chris has a deep passion and a vast knowledge of the sport of soccer, and it was a pleasure having him on today. We hope you enjoy. I want to thank you, Chris, for, for coming on the show. Um, let's kind of start off, kind of give us your, your history, you know, like, you know, where it all began for you and, and kind of give your journey to us. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so when I was about 16, um, there was an opportunity to play in the indoor arena national championships kind of thing. And uh, we just built a facility where I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania, of uh, called Family First. And uh, so I literally put a team together of my friends and uh, went out and got coaches for us. It wasn't even our club team. It was a mixture of guys from other clubs. And uh, we hired the coaches. A buddy of mine went out and started talking to sponsors. You know, we got dressed up in our little suits, started meeting with people. <laughs> it was ridiculous. We were, I think, 15 <laughs> or 16. And uh, I organized the whole thing. And then some, uh, some parents helped out. They drove us out to Kansas City for the Nationals and we got to play in the National Championship. So it was, it was kind of cool. So that was my first... Uh, first taste of management slash while well, I was playing too, but uh, yeah, doing that. And uh, so it was kind of cool. And then uh, from there, uh, just went on to play at Buffalo State. And uh, a couple years after I finished my, uh, my undergrad, I moved down to Maryland to work for a sports marketing firm. And uh, some of my buddies were working in front offices of colleges. It's like, how, how did you do that? Uh, I, I'd love to get into working and be an athletic director at some point in my life. And uh, I said, oh, I went and did this higher education administration master's degree. So do it. It'll help. So I finished, my, finished working down in Maryland, came back, did that. And uh, my goal was always to be in athletics. So I was a college coach as well. Worked at Salisbury University, Buffalo State, and Kenesha College as an assistant coach. And uh, from there, kind of just got involved in soccer, finished my master's degree, and said, oh, there's no soccer team in Buffalo, and I want a job in sports. So uh, just had some crazy idea, sat down with some friends, and uh, said, let's do this. And they all said, you're insane. Cool. So we all want jobs in sports, too. So we were all like 25 to 28 and created our own jobs. We went out, created a business plan with the Small Business Center of West New York, um, got investors, formed a youth academy, formed a camp clinic program. Uh, eventually had a field hockey program as well. We had the first team that played in the NPSL and um, yeah, in a youth academy. So that's where we started. So uh, yeah, from there, just uh, moved to Canada when I got married and uh, started working up there and uh, worked for some pretty large clubs up there. So uh, Hawaii came about. <laughs> so, so How did you find Hawaii. that one? That's, that's uh, quite a few miles away. Just a little bit, not down the road like the other jobs. Um, you know, Buffalo and uh, Toronto aren't far from each other, so moving between the two wasn't bad. You know, moving to Hawaii, just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I was just lying in bed, and I got emails from the United Soccer Coaches, like the executive director job postings, and uh, one came across in Hawaii. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to apply. <laughs> Like you apply for cool jobs, you never hear anything, and it's just like, eh, maybe. It took a few days, and 
And my wife was like, no, apply. And uh, she's like, I'll move to Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably not many places, yeah, but yeah, that one, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm not, I'm not moving back to, I'm not moving down to the States. Oh, uh, <laughs> I'll only move to Hawaii. And I'm like, all right, fine, I'll apply, whatever. And I didn't apply. And she was on me every day on that. So I applied, um, got through the process. They, they brought me out and uh, got lucky enough that they picked me. So flew out here and you know, moving from club management where I was running a, a fairly large club, about 5,000 kids up in Mississauga, just outside of Toronto, uh, to running a league. It's much different from, from that. The daily interactions are much different. Just fun. So. Well, I mean, the one similarity is the weather between Buffalo and, and Hawaii. It's yeah. probably pretty similar, right? It's pretty similar. There's water, you know. <laughs> it's frozen <laughs> it's just, over six it's months of the year. Fr- but not it's frozen there. <laughs> You can actually yeah, touch different. it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I dip no, my that, toes every day and it's great. <laughs> it is. It's, it, it looks, I've never been to Hawaii, but uh, it looks awesome on pictures. So <laughs> um, that's a long plane ride and, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of flying. So that yeah. would be tough for me. But it looks like, you know, kind of looking at the area too. I mean, there's some players that, that come from, you know, come out of Hawaii you know, on the, on a big scale. So, you know, there's definitely some talent there. What is the biggest difference you think there, um, like in your new role compared to working on the club side? Uh, my new role. So just helping out with the, the club managers uh, and the directors of coaching. Uh, so in my club role, I was dealing with the parents more, the, the customers. I wasn't dealing with, you know, here, my customers, I only have 28 customers, so much different. Uh, my last club, I had 4,500 uh, consumers, wow. and then the customers were the parents, so you've got now 10,000 of them. So it's, right. you're dealing with a lot more um, day-to-day craziness. Of, oh, my little Johnny shorts don't fit. The socks are <laughs> the wrong side. Like, things like that. And it, it, it's just a lot. I'd get 300-some emails a day there. Here, my first four months, maybe I have 300 so much different. it's it's um, it's probably you know you probably still have some issues but they're just different levels they're probably you know clubs fighting each other that are competitive and <laughs> you know managing each other yeah. yeah parents getting kicked out of games because they're being idiots you know it's that kind of fun stuff but it's uh some similarities but yeah it, it's just different just different scope. so yeah and it's great we have a little facility so or we work with the city but everything's at one location. So. so are you going to, you know, you've started a few teams before. Is there, there plans to add one out there as well? You know, as part of the mix? Uh, my idea, our, our remit is only youth soccer. Like I floated <laughs> that idea and everyone's like, Oh, that would be so cool. But they're like, but our remit's only youth soccer. And you know, so we, I, do have, we do have an adult one. So who knows? Maybe. I, I don't know if you saw like um, Utah youth soccer. <laughs> They've got a, I forget what they call it now. It was PDL. So USL yeah, two, yeah. they have one of those teams as part of their youth um, soccer association. So I saw some of them, you know, have, you know, have that. Um, how has it been just from going from that NPSL that's more college age to uh, working with the youth? So that's why I ended up at North Mississauga because I really missed um, being a part of uh, that kind of a program. So coaching in college and, and working with players like at Queen State, Queen City, which is now FC Buffalo, 
uh, we were successful. So it was great, but I needed a job. <laughs> it's not a full-time <laughs> job. So youth soccer is a full-time job. It's much bigger. Uh, so, you know, I missed that at Burlington and Aaron Mills and, and Mordale. I really missed um, being a part of, uh, you know, going to games, having fans, that interaction with supporters and things like that. that that's what drives me, to be honest. Uh, I learned a lot from guys like Peter Wiltz. Uh, oh, yeah. Got him and talking to him. He's a great person to, to learn from. And uh, so I really miss that. I miss that connection. Um, with the youth game, there's really not that connection. You can do all kinds of like fun marketing things and, and activations and whatnot to include people, but the passion's not there. It's just for their kids. They don't they don't really understand the whole scope of what you're trying to do because, you know, it's just an activity for their kids. Um, but the games, you're paying money to go, you're connected to it, uh, at least with the supporters. So I missed that. So North Miss I had. So that's why I ended up going to North Miss. We had programs for four-year-olds all the way to the first team in Legal Ontario. So, you know, we did lots of cool stuff there. We sold out our, our last home game. We led the league in attendance, merchandise sales. Granted, I think we were the only team that sold merchandise, but we, <laughs> we'll still take that hat and say we, hey, we led you, the were, you were number one. <laughs> we were number one. It's all that matters. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, we sold season tickets and, you know, a lot of the clubs there looked at us as, oh, they come and play us. Wow, you have game day staff. What is this? We had 11 game day staff and we had 20 volunteers that worked every game. We had mobile debit and credit cards no one else had those things uh, it was cash only when they even charged for tickets we had a merch booth we had um, halftime entertainment we did as much as we could and we we made it a fun experience well i mean i think that's the key in that i mean i've i've kind of owned and operated teams for 20 years and if you're not going to have fun it's there's no point in my opinion i mean it's you know some some make money most of them lose money um I've been on both sides of it, but if you're not enjoying it and, and, um, having fun, that's, that's when I decide like, Oh, time for me to do something else. You know, how is the league set up out there? You know, a lot of people might not know about the league. Tell us a little bit about, you know, the structure, how big it is. So, uh, our league is one of two soccer leagues here in Hawaii, um, for the youth There's us club and us youth soccer. We're through us youth soccer. Um, Ours is the biggest on the whole island, or of the islands, and we make up about 94 to 96% of Hawaii soccer. And, um, you know, like I said, we played a 23 field complex that we share with every other soccer organization. There's adult soccer, super old soccer, like all kinds of different soccer, but we all play the It's kind of crazy. And uh, so, yeah, we run programming for eight year olds through 19 year olds. Um, We've had a couple national champions come through. Uh, we probably would have more, but uh, our families don't like to go to the regionals or the nationals because it costs so much money for them. And everyone in Hawaii works two jobs basically because the cost of living is pretty substantial. Uh, so missing work for that long is very difficult for the family. They don't like leaving for a week. Um, and that's the one thing here. They, they purposely don't enter the state cup competitions like our better teams, so they can't go to regionals. So, wow. Like if, if you... Because uh, they're all in California, I would take it, right? Or um, They're all over the, the far west region. So okay. it could be in Colorado, it could be in Arizona, it could be up in Seattle or somewhere like that. Or Florida or something. 
So uh, it moves around. It's been here too in Hawaii. But uh, yeah, it's significant. So it's, there's actually, if you don't go, the state association, I think, charges you $3,000. So It's like a penalty. So just It's a penalty. Yeah so, to, yeah. yeah, so you better go. Uh, if you're going to enter this, it's nice to win state cup and say you're the state champion, but you need to go represent us. And uh, so that's been a, a bone of contention with a lot of our organizations. Uh, since I'm on the league level and not the state level, you know, I'm on the state board now. But uh, I, I sit down with all my clubs and I tell them, this is why we're going to do it. I get why. So, so we're just trying to figure out ways to expose our players to, to higher levels for scouting and, and things like that. So, so do you, you help out from the league standpoint on you know, any of that fundraising or is that kind of all on the teams? Yeah, the individual teams raise their own funds. Uh, so what I'm looking at uh, from the league, we, have no, we had no corporate partnerships. Um, right now, I'm in the middle of three or four of them. So in the next week or two, you'll, you'll see a lot more. Uh, nice. Granted, I've only been here seven months. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it takes so, time. Uh, yeah, it takes time. time. So, so we'll have a league partner. We'll have a league equipment partner. Um, we're going to have a match analytics partner as well. Because uh, I believe that having the match analytics and the videos and everything are very important. Uh, one for scouting so the kids can create college videos uh, for themselves, the highlight packages that coaches need. So they're not flying all over the place to go to showcase tournaments, which I don't believe in. Uh, I was a college coach and it's tough to go to showcase tournaments because you have 20 some kids to watch and there's only so much time. <laughs> so you can't watch a full game and see little Jimmy out there and hope little Jimmy does something in that 20 minutes that you're watching the game. So it could happen that he doesn't even touch the ball. So, right, <laughs> or he might right. not even be in. So it's very difficult. So that's one thing. Coach development, um, teaching coaches how to read the game and then using video to help help them see what they didn't see so they can hopefully be able to adjust things during the game. Um, discipline. <laughs> so recording the games, we get to, to nail people when they're bad and say, no, you really did this. It's on video. There you go. Um, <laughs> and we can use it for marketing. There's goals and, and saves of the week that we can do. We can use that. We can sell that as a property to hopefully get some sponsorships for, um, you know, and the referee development because the referees don't have any mentorship as well right now. So, okay. you know, it, it, so that we're looking at in putting that into place. So I, that's one thing that we're really working on right now. So we'll have a partnership with that shortly as well. So it'll be cool. Yeah, no, I mean, I, you know, just from, from seeing everything online, I mean, it looks like you're making a lot of progress in those, that short time with seven months. Outside of, you know, regular soccer, are you guys doing anything um, with futsal out there at all? Yeah, we do futsal. Um, there's a beautiful facility here. Um, it's the first thing I did when I got here, we had futsal going on. Like the second day I was here and I walked in, I was like, oh my goodness, this is beautiful. Um, unfortunately, it's kind of out of out of the way for a lot of people uh so and it's way more expensive to play futsal here than it is outdoor, outdoor soccer. yeah yeah so uh like in the northeast indoor soccer is very expensive because those 11 aside full field turf facilities cost an arm and a leg to build and then to play in um and futsal is a much cheaper option because you can play in gyms and no one has a beautiful facility like this here we've got a beautiful facility that's like those 11 assignments so it costs significantly more. The cost per game, uh, when you factor out what it costs our players to play, it, and the rosters are smaller, it's almost double what the outdoor game costs, where the rosters yeah. are bigger too. So 
uh, you're looking at a couple bucks per player per game for outdoor, and you're looking at a heck of a lot more for football. <laughs> so, um, so the families, you know, the, the soccer complex is more central, so the outdoor one. So a lot of our indoor futsal people have left now to just go do football, outdoor soccer. I mean, we can play 365 days a year outside. So. That's what I was, I was about to say. It's like, <laughs> we, we don't need indoor there, so um, yeah, so, that's definitely so, nice. So I'm trying to work with them on uh, the futsal group. Uh, we have basketball courts everywhere, tennis courts everywhere. Can we work with the city? Can we work with U.S. Soccer Foundation, repurpose some of those and get those um, outdoor soccer courts that they're building all over the place? There's grants available for that. Can we run events throughout the island on those courts? Not necessarily full leagues, but just run one-day festival things, get people wanting to play futsal. I love futsal. We grew up playing it in Erie uh, before they built the arenas. Uh, how can we get people involved in it so they can like it and, and play some version of street ball or something? But, uh, yeah, that's that's a longer range discussion I'm having with them. But they've been open to it, so we'll see what they want. But we run the league, uh, but they run the so. Okay. No, that's good. I mean, I, I think you know, futsal is a, a great, you know, developmental tool. And it, it's, it seems like it's, it's really growing in the U.S. right now. I've been, you know, from indoor soccer, we get a lot of players from futsal in other countries, and it really translates well into that. But if you talk to any of the major, you know, stars out there, I mean, they, they credit futsal with a lot of their uh, development. So, you know, you haven't worked out in Hawaii before, right? So this was kind of your first time out there. Yeah. Um, other, have you been there for vacation or? Oh, yeah. So the first, first time, time you were yeah, there, it was yeah. like an interview or when you took yeah. the job. Wow. Yeah, the interview, yeah. So, you know. That's that's bold. That's bold. Yeah, and it was. Hey, I moved to Red Deer, Alberta for a brief time to to run an organization there. I made that mistake. <laughs> what was kind of, what was really like the driving force for that? Like in, in my first, you know, episode, I kind of talk a little bit about my ultimate, you know, career goals. What, what's your ultimate career goals? And is this kind of, you know, positioning you to get there? Um, or is this just, you wanted to be involved in youth soccer and live in paradise? Little paradise comes in, yeah, Paradise comes into play in that. Um, I won't lie. I, I want to work for an MLS club. I, I want to be in upper management there. Uh, or work for U.S. Soccer, U.S. Youth, or Canada Soccer, Ontario Soccer. Um, I want to be in the higher levels of the game. I want to be in governance, uh, kind of where my path has gone. Like, I'm a, I'm a decent coach. I'm not, I'm not the worst coach, but okay. am I am I uh, Gary Klopp? No, I'm not. Uh, not even close. So am I a, a good youth coach? Yeah, I'm better than most, I think. Um, but I knew coaching wasn't where I was going to be. <laughs> right. Uh, the front office is kind of where I wanted to be. I can work with the coaches, give them my advice. Um, you guys follow it. No, I don't care if they follow it, but <laughs> I can, I can kind of guide them on, Hey, I believe in strong business, uh, club cultures. I love reading about Ajax. I love reading about Liverpool, uh, Barcelona, like how they built their structures and, how they integrate, you know, all the coaches and all the staff, um, and just make it a, a whole business. It, it, the, the business side of things interests me more than the X's and O's more or less. I, like I still go down that rabbit hole, and I'm in there all the time with the X's and O's. But uh, the business side and the cultural is more important to me. So that's where I'm going to be. Uh, so who knows? You know, my contract's here for three years. Got two and a half years left now. 
who knows where I'll end up. I could stay forever, live in paradise, right. drink my ties here on the beach, but, uh, <laughs> or, you know, I could be an MLS. So ultimately that's my goal. So. Well, the one thing I've learned over the years is, you know what, you, you know, you have different goals or objectives and sometimes, um, different things come into play and, and it mm -hmm. modifies. That's, I, I said the same thing where, where I'm at, you know, my plan is probably not to be here the rest of my career, but sometimes, you know, things change. Um, I think it's cool though. MLS, um, the league is, is really kind of headed in the right direction. And, you know, I, I think just in general, I think, you know, soccer in the U S I mean, if you look USL and I think it was the NASA or NISA, uh, I think it was another one that's popping up. And, you know, I remember a few years back where the USL teams were pretty easy to get. And now they're, <laughs> now they're, they're not. Um, MLS at and, 90, in 99, 2000, it was like 3 million or something to buy in. Think about like that. 300 million. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they're they're and, more expensive yep. than a lot of NHL teams right now. They're more expensive than almost any team in Europe to buy. There's a lot of like really? rich people that are buying teams in Europe because they're getting them cheaper than MLS teams. But, uh, but yeah, and, and there's that dream of promotion relegation. That's why they buy teams over there. But uh, you ever I, think that'll happen here in the U.S.? You sign a franchise agreement, you're paying 300 million. You're gonna go down to that'd be like uh, the Yankees going down to single A ball, some short season right. ball. They had that opportunity. You think that's gonna happen ever? No. Why? I mean, <laughs> do you think that it it works there because that's just the way it's been forever? Or like, yeah. I mean, because I think. In America, I think we're kind of greedy, and I think that alone will not let it happen um, because oh. people have invested so much. And mm -hmm. in the U.S., in North America, Canada, in the U.S., it's entertainment. It's not the 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 city's thing. Like it, it, the city basically owns it. It's like the Green Bay Packers everywhere. Like everyone, like yeah, they have owners and stuff, but it's literally the city's property. So everyone's really invested into what they do. Like, yeah, you go to a, a Ravens game or wherever, a Steelers game. Yeah, everyone in the city is wearing their, their, their jerseys. But it, it literally is a, their community thing that they do. Um, and it was always structured that way just to make things fair. But if you look at the Premier League, if you look at all the, maybe not the Bundesliga, but if you, maybe Bundesliga, um, and all the bigger leagues, they would get rid of promotion relegation in a second. They don't want it. They hate it. Um, Mexico just got rid of it. So there's already one bigger league. Mexico is the biggest league in the Western Hemisphere, and they just got rid of it. Uh, they got rid of it because one of their most popular teams last year was going to get relegated. So <laughs> they did some shady stuff and just said, oh, no more relegation. <laughs> but, you know. You I mean, there is a lot of money at stake, you yeah, know. And, and, and you have those balloon payments if you get relegated. Like if you watch that Sunderland documentary on, uh, on Netflix, they're in like – the equivalent to double a ball now so they've gone from the premier league down and talk about a lost investment right there <laughs> yeah they are getting destroyed uh, financially and they can't get promoted back up and it, it, it's funny to watch it's heartbreaking and funny to watch it's just like oh god it's like lucy taking the ball from them every time they try this thing try to kick it uh they just can't get to the next level again and financially it's really bad. so uh, i don't think it's wise and Franchise. They're not franchises in North America. We're franchises. It's right. different. So it will never happen here. Uh, it's romantic. It's a great idea. It's good to talk about. 
<laughs> like if it would happen, I could see it happening at like college level with the different divisions. And if you want to move up, then you can. If you don't want to move up, you can't. But if it hasn't happened in baseball, then why would it happen in soccer? Yeah, I just, I think it's, it's just different. I mean, sports in the U.S. are, you know, a lot different than, than Europe and, you know, most parts of the world. So definitely uh, don't see, I mean, maybe like, you know, the USL, if they, you know, do something internally, but again. What's the difference? (laughs) Like, like, the only difference is TV money over there. Like you get more if you're in the top league. It Like what's USL going to say? Okay, um, you get more. TV money for what? Like to be in the yeah. in USL one versus USL two or, or USL uh, championship or USL one. Like there is no TV money. So like, yeah, what's, <laughs> what's, what's the reward? Oh, you get to travel more because there's less teams in USL uh, championship than there is in USL one. So now your expenses go up, but your revenue doesn't. So, and I don't see teams, <laughs> I don't see teams, you know, willing to, to spend that money to, to achieve that you you kind of hit it on the head i mean it's entertainment in the u.s a lot so i i really wasn't a huge soccer fan until i bought a soccer team <laughs> you know played as a kid and so but because of that like i've become a big fan now i can't rattle off all the names throughout the world of teams but um it definitely, you know, is of interest. My son has played um, competitively. My daughter played in high school for a year. Um, how do you think, you know, I mean, do you think that youth soccer in the U.S. and where you're at is kind of headed in the right direction? Or what do you feel is needed to kind of get us more competitive on a global stage? Well, um, today there was a big announcement that was that no one knew about, which kind of snuck out. So that was kind of cool. Um, MLS and USU Soccer, the league our, our league belongs to, just formed a partnership to uh, help with the regional and uh, national competitions where MLS is going to pick up the tab for the players that get invited into these things before um, the identification network. You got to try out, pay like $250 for the tryout, and then pay another 300 some dollars to go to some camp. And then you get, hopefully, seen by someone so it's just yeah. money upon money upon money so mls just literally announced it like an hour before we started this so uh, oh nice it, it looks really promising uh, i just spoke to the state director as well and he's, he's excited by it. he had no clue and they're on calls every week they were just being told hey something's coming we can't talk about it because we're negotiating but uh but he's excited i'm pretty excited but when you look at uh we missed the last world cup oh my god the sky's falling like, it, it's terrible that was because of what was done in player development and everything in the early 2000s to mid 2000s, right? Just those early aughts. It was very awful <laughs> what we were doing. It was all about money. Yes, still about money now, but it was all about money and kids were flying all over the place to play in tournaments. And it was stupid. Like you'd fly from North Carolina to San Diego to play one good game because one good team over there for your got soccer rankings because these got soccer rankings are ridiculous um sorry i'm friends with got soccer guys but these (laughs) rankings are silly but um you know they're flying all over to get these points so college coaches go oh this team's ranked number one in the nation number five so they've got all these good players so parents were spending tons of money just to go fly around was that fixed not really but it kind of was um 
at least it was regionalized travel, which is still ridiculous because <laughs> um, teams are traveling from like Nashville to Buffalo to play a U U13 game, which is still not a close drive. Um, so, so things started, but U.S. Soccer put in some standards for coaching, how many times you train, what the coaches should be doing, um, and it definitely helped. They got rid of the DA just because they were spending $9 million or $12 million a year on it, and with the financial issues coming up now, they uh, spun it off. MLS picked that up um, and is running with it. It's the same program, more or less, but MLS has now included the voices of the people that run the clubs, where U.S. club soccer said, we know everything, we're from Europe, go screw yourselves. Um, I don't care about high school soccer. I don't care about this. We know what we're doing. Yeah, go away, you Americans that don't know anything, <laughs> even though we, you hired us. But that's the way it was. And uh, it's not probably the best way to run your business. And so, so they had a lot of issues. Uh, but through the DA, the Development Academy, we had a lot of players go to Europe. So yeah, we missed we missed the World Cup. Ah, world's sky's falling. But now we have all these young players at Ajax, at PSV, at uh, Dortmund. We have some at Barcelona. Like we have them at big clubs in Europe, and they're on their youth teams. We never had that before. We had one or two. We like Landon Donovan, John O'Brien, and that's it. And now we've got a whole team of like multiple teams of kids over there, and uh, so it looks better. Um, talking to agents and not feeling. Like, no, we have a lot of kids over there. So who knows? Uh, it's a start. We've never had it, so it can only get better. Yeah. You can't miss the World Cup in 2026. We're hosting it, so that's good. But, uh, <laughs> we'll see yeah. No. Hopefully it continues to improve and, you know, the numbers go the numbers go up and the development, you know. I mean, I think that's that's a key. With you at the league level, I, I know that uh, just from, you know, operating leagues – at the minor league level um, dealing with teams was always, it was always a challenge. <laughs> and, you know, I think you really, you know, the leadership really has to be strong to be able to get everyone aligned. And so, you know, how do you work on that and how do you manage that aspect of it where, you know, everyone needs to kind of see the same vision and, kind of be working together and then on the, let the, the competition happen on the field. But um, a lot of times it crosses over into to everything else. But so how do you really manage and, and try to lead that side of it to, to have that growth where you're at? Yeah, it's uh, been interesting because we've got clubs that are very, very small uh, and clubs that are very large uh, that have gobbled up a lot of little clubs and amalgamated them. Uh, <laughs> they have different political beliefs. <laughs> they, they talk politics with me. I try to keep it away from that. But uh, it, it's funny how politics gets involved in that too. They, they have a certain way of looking at things. So at least it helps me understand where they're coming from. Uh, my goal is to facilitate all the kids having an opportunity to progress in Hawaii soccer. Uh, so what I've learned over the last few weeks is it's not just Oahu I need to concentrate on. But any um, idea that I'm having for Oahu, I can bring to the state board. And they're like, oh, why didn't you bring this to us before? This is great. We'd all love to do this. So we may be most of Hawaiian soccer, but uh, a lot of the ideas I have, they're pretty receptive to. Uh, the bigger clubs, their competitive advantage is that they can offer coaching development, match analytics, everything I want to do for the whole league, they're not happy with 
because <laughs> because it's going to even the playing field. Yeah, it evens yeah. the playing field. I understand that, but you still will be the best one. You're the biggest one. You're going to have the most kids, but you have to you have to give everyone that opportunity because just having one club with I don't know sixty kids in an age group doesn't mean that that's the only club to play for. There's twenty eight organizations to play for, so we need to give everyone those tools because it. Steel strings and steel, or whatever the saying is, but I can't remember. <laughs> it, it's like, or iron sharpens iron. It, you need to, you need to have everyone on that same level playing field, and then let the best one win. It's not, it doesn't work for us. We're not developing as many players as we should be if only one organization is doing it. I need all 28 doing it. And so, how can I, with the the state association, how can we as a league, you know, provide coaching development, provide a coaching to coaches. Uh, monthly session where we all get together we work on coaching topics at the pitch and then we go eat later so we create that camaraderie so when you're on the field you know you're not jerks to each other you can you can still you want to beat your friends more than you want to beat your enemies it's, it so makes it, it so much sweeter it, it is sweeter so <laughs> let's become friends and let's all you know get on the field together kick a ball around and then you know go out to eat afterwards but we're teaching each other at the same point how can i how can i find leaders that will help us um, and the clubs grow by giving, if it's a coach, the coaches program, the coaches are the ones leading that program. So one day it's a club from Hawaiian soccer or coaching Hawaiian soccer academy. Another day it's from Hawaii rush. Another day it's from surf. Um, they're taking the leadership. It may not be the directors of coaching. It could be just a coach there. Oh, I want to do this topic and, and show what I've, I've learned. You know, but we've done that at other organizations and it's really taken off and it shows you who the leaders are of the organization. So. I can do that on a lead scale. That's cool. So. And I mean, you know, the competition's just going to, it's going to push everybody, which is great. I mean, obviously when you're the top guy, you don't, you want to, you want to stay there. But um, I mean, I think that's great that you're really trying to, you know, level that playing field. And also, you know, again, you're, it sounds like your, you know, mission is to develop youth soccer um, throughout your league. And that's not rush or somebody else. That's, the entire league and the better that can develop, I think the better it will be for uh, the competition throughout. From there, we'll get, you know, maybe we get a senior league. There, there's, uh, do we have to join the NPSL or UPSL? No, I don't think we do. We've got enough soccer playing here on the island that we should be able to have six teams, our own division, if you want to say, our own league. We don't have to go play national titles and things like that. Just let's come play here. Uh, you know, we've got wonderful facilities besides our own stadium that we have at the soccer park. Uh, we have lots of NFL players that come from Hawaii and Division One, so they have beautiful state high school stadiums. Here. Like, can we form something like that where we have, you know, in our youth levels, can we have all of Rush play all of Surf one day, and then at night it's capped off by Rush for Surf senior game? Like, how can we do that? So um, that's where I'm trying to. That's my ultimate vision for three years, three four years down the line. But, We'll see where we go. I mean, that sounds like a great plan. And I guess, you know, is there a lot of opportunity to grow the league as far as numbers, or are you pretty much capped out from that standpoint? Um, Unlike the rest of the country, our numbers never really declined. Uh, So if you look at Gaspin Institute, they've done studies on youth sports participation, uh, soccer was especially hit across the country, across North America, U.S. and Canada. Um, our numbers stayed relatively straight. So we'll find out what happens now. 
you know, we're always taught when we're going through school, hey, you need to have an operating reserve because what if soccer can't be played? How's your organization going to live? And Hello. everyone laughed. Everyone always <laughs> laughed because, okay, maybe the competitive side goes down, but the recreational side's still there. It, right. it will be fine. Don't worry. Yeah, now <laughs> we kind of we kind of chuckle, but we're all like crying because it's like, oh my God, this really hit. Yeah, it, um, we've been saying it. It came yeah, true. Yeah, who would have ever thought? But, uh, you know, I, I think our numbers will be okay, but uh, you know, my board asked me that, to look into the numbers between 2007 and 2009 when we had the economic downturn. Our revenues actually went up and our players went up. So I can't use that as an indicator of what's gonna happen now. But now um, like 33% of our workforce is on unemployment here. So how fast is that? Like I said, the military and tourism are, are economic drivers here. How fast is that tourism gonna turn around where everyone starts to get hired back and the parents have some disposable income for their children to play soccer? Um, it's, it, it might be tougher on those bigger clubs because they they have coaches they have to pay for. The smaller clubs may not have to pay their coaches as much. Right. They don't have the full infrastructure that the bigger clubs have. So I don't know. Maybe the bigger clubs hurt more than those smaller clubs. I, think, I don't know. So have you been able to do anything? Like is it everything kind of just at a halt there in Hawaii now? Or? I'm busier now. <laughs> uh, really... Um, so I work from home anyways. Uh, we don't have okay. an office yet. Okay. So, uh, so that's been put on hold looking for an office. So I've been working there. Anyway. So I basically, the only thing that's changed is I don't go to the park on the weekends to watch soccer, which okay. was a, a very small part of my job because I have operations staff that run the league. Um, so yeah, no, I've been creating um, educational uh, seminars or webinars for the, the, the clubs and the coaches. Uh, there's five topics. The first one I just finished, the third part of the first topic, thank God, it took me forever. Uh, it's on governance, finance, risk management, and budgeting was the first section. So that part's all done now. Uh, next part is on marketing, uh, brand management, social media. Uh, that's the next part. Uh, then there's on uh, staff and leadership development. And then there's on coaching development and coaching uh, planning. Uh, session planning and the last part is on uh, player development programming and, and match analytics and things like that so um, it's about 20 weeks worth of stuff so I take <laughs> it's like eight to nine hours a week plus you know all the research and then uh, putting all my notes together and then, then putting all the graphics together because I, I do it all on word then I export it to uh, some new thing I found on uh, on Microsoft I don't even know the name of it <laughs> and it like makes like a cool little website, puts pictures in it, or helps me find oh, pictures nice. for it. And then I take that and put it into PowerPoint and uh, record it and uh, post it. So uh, yeah. So I mean, now so, now's a great time though to develop and do a lot of the stuff that um, you you necessarily can't do um, when you're in the grind of it. I mean, I. I my situation's a little different here being in a minor league sports team, but right now it's about developing, you know, the staff that we have. So anything we can do to try to develop them. And I think the same would go with coaching and, you know, with, with zoom and other technologies out there now. I mean, I've seen people doing um, soccer training sessions, live, you know, remote sessions. So, you know, with technology, I think it really opens up a lot. 
Well, anything else uh, that you want to, you know, share with us that we didn't uh, cover? I think, I think we, we, we covered a lot of great stuff. I mean, it was really great to learn more about, uh, you know, your background and, and what you're looking to do because you never know, maybe we'll be in that MLS front office together somewhere in the future. Absolutely, it'll be fun. <laughs> I've been having fun watching the, the videos on the, the baseball park and everything. So. <laughs> yeah, try to, try to have fun and use social media. You know, it's a great, it can be a great tool for you. When I get back east, I'll have to come out to a game down there. So. Likewise. Maybe I'll get to Hawaii sometime. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> I could take a boat, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit of a flight. It's like uh, 12 hours. <laughs> I remember yeah. fl- flying out. They flew me down to D.C. first, and then D.C. straight over to Honolulu. I was like, oh, Whoa. my Lord. This is How long of a flight, flight is that? Um, D.C. to Honolulu, I think, was... 10 or 11 hours straight or something like that. Man, so, I don't know. I don't know if I could be on a plane that long. <laughs> I have one of those cocoons maybe or something. Yeah. yeah I, I pay the extra hundred some bucks to get the extended late leg uh, seating. So yeah, I can, it's always I can good. relax, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a long flight. Yeah. Well, no, thanks. Thanks for joining me and let's, let's keep in touch. I mean, I'm, uh, you know, I'm following you on LinkedIn and, and online. So you're doing a great job. Um, keep it up. But uh, thanks again for joining me. And thank you for listening to today's episode of The Andrew Haynes Show. If you enjoyed it, we encourage you to follow or subscribe to the podcast so you can get updates when we release new episodes. Take care.